Good morning. I'm going to share um, the word with you guys before Zach comes up. Um, if you want to turn with me, um, I'm reading from Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. It's on page 702 in the Bibles that we have provided here. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that he had taken pl- what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Pray pray with me before we dig into this a little bit. Father, help us to to understand not only with our minds but to to grasp and believe with our hearts uh, what Jesus is teaching in this passage. We want to become a people who are uh, really living out how forgiven we are through Christ. And we want to be a people who forgive generously like your Father forgives us by your blood and by your life. So teach us. We humble ourselves now before you, submitting our lives to your perfectly true Scriptures. Change our hearts today, Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here in New City. Um, if you're new here, Kenny mentioned earlier, but you can grab one of these yellow cards and fill it out. And there's a box on the back table where we can, we'd love to help you get connected as part of this community and uh, get your information that way. Um, I'm really glad that you made it out in the rain, like we mentioned. I know many things shut down in San Diego when it rains. Uh, so thank you for being here. We're really glad to have you to celebrate Jesus. So if we want relationships, if you want to have a relationship with anyone, forgiveness is an absolute must. 
Because all of our relationships are with people who need forgiven a lot, (laughs) including me and including you. How many of you need forgiven? That's right. If you didn't raise your hand, you need forgiven for that. Today's... Today's passage that that Heidi just read to us, the teachings of Jesus here, are an absolute must if you want any joy, any health, any value in your relationships with others and with the God of the universe, our Father in heaven. This passage is a must for health and joy and vitality in those relationships, whether with each other, with our neighbors, or with God himself. You saw that, especially in the warning at the end of the chapter, or at the end, yeah, at the end of the chapter, where Jesus gives a stern warning, a very clear warning that if this isn't happening in our hearts, then essentially we don't have a relationship with God. And so, without understanding and practicing this passage, this parable that Jesus tells us, every relationship you have may just be destroyed if we don't practice this parable. Every relationship is in danger of destruction if we do not practice what Jesus teaches in this parable. Or rather, if we do practice what this servant does in the parable, what he's calling us not to do. So if you want health in your relationships, if you want joy in your friendships, in your marriage, not plural, and and family, then give ear to this teaching for a few minutes today. God wants your relationships with one another and with others who aren't here and who we don't even yet know and with himself to be full, full of life and joy and health. And he wants to use you, New City. He wants to use you, the people of God, to spread his joy and to spread His love and His grace to others who have not known that kind of love and grace and forgiveness. And so listen to this teaching from Jesus today. Listen to learn. Listen to be transformed. Listen to be changed from the inside out. Listen to be made into a more Christ-like, a more loving, a more gracious, a more merciful, and a more joyful person today. You know, if you really want to learn something, what's the best way to learn any concept, any topic? To do it or to teach it, right? How many of you have had a chance to teach something? You're like, wow, that's when I really, say, studied my Bible. That's when I really read the textbook. That's when I really learned how much I don't know is when I had to teach it to others. And I keep learning that lesson again and again and again in my life. And um, as I prepared to teach today on forgiveness, um, I got it. It was no exception. In fact, this week I got a, a communication from someone that w- that offended me, and uh, it it had some kind of accusation in it, and some of the facts in it weren't exactly right. Which, what's it called when a fact isn't exactly right? It's wrong, right? So, um, but the the person who sent me the email, I felt owed me an apology, um, or at least an explanation, and probably a free dinner just to make up for it. <laughs> so he, he had a, he, I felt that he owed me a debt. And 
And when I actually first got this communication from this person, I uh, actually literally got like hot under the collar. You know, have you heard that expression? Like, you just start getting like, like all your blood vessels constrict, and your face may have turned colors. I was actually um, visiting the tax lady when I saw this, but um, it wasn't from her. And um, so I had to step outside, and I had to to interact with and call and get support from more than one friend on this one. Um, to work through what was mostly my feelings. But in the end, you know what God wanted me to learn through this situation? It wasn't learn how to confront someone, learn how to call someone out. That's important. That's just before this passage in Matthew. Uh, Jesus talks about that. But what God wanted me to learn, what he was saying to me is overlook. Show mercy. Stop trying to demand payment. Wow, I didn't expect that to be as emotional as it was as I said that out loud. And wow, was that it was so freeing to take that step this week. To, to call this person and just not ask for explanation, not say you got this wrong. But God was calling me, at least in this instance, to overlook, to call, to encourage, and to ask them how they were doing. And the freedom and the joy and and the the way it built up our relationship, I think. Because I I think a lot of it was even unintentional. It was just clear communication via electronic things is often needs tone of voice and it doesn't have it. So he was just saying, not out of hate or spite. And um, it was so hard, though, also. It is difficult. I struggle to give grace I struggle to forgive when there is clear sin against me. I struggle to show mercy to others when they owe me. Do you? I think probably most of us struggle with that. In fact, not as a way to gossip. I'm not sure how you can answer this question. But just what are some things that others have owed you? How about that? When you think of people having owed you something, what are some people that people have been in debt to you for? Rent, money, what else? A thank you, okay. Respect, ideas. You can give longer than one word answers if you'd like. What are some instances of people having owed you? Without names. Someone owed you some time, okay. Okay, someone takes credit for your work and that's, now they, that's a, a sin against you, right? Marco? Honesty. honesty. They owe you some honesty because they've been dishonest. Yeah. Right. So let's find out together in this passage the solution to this struggle to show mercy and to forgive when others owe us a debt. Because I, I heard voices agreeing that you struggle with this as well. So the struggle to show mercy... The struggle to forgive others when they really do owe a debt to you is pretty incredibly important. And it's pretty incredibly tough as a struggle, isn't it? And it doesn't seem to be something that just happens over time. Right? It's not like, well, every old person is really gentle and gracious and forgiving. (laughs) Just wait and you'll become more kind. It's not how it works. There are older people who are more gracious and forgiving and kind, but it's not just the passage of time that causes this. 
So that's not our answer. So what does produce a more merciful person? What does make us able to forgive others more quickly and more often? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Okay. Well, let's look at the passage again and let's dig into it. So if you're still there, hopefully, Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. As many as seven times? And just so you know, the, all the commentaries basically agree that at that time, the rabbis were teaching three times. There's, they misunderstood some Old Testament passage where God is speaking kind of poetically and says, you know, these people have sinned against me three times and they will face my judgment. And in a couple instances, and they took that as a hard and fast you forgive people three times and that's it. And so Peter, knowing Jesus, he said, man, Jesus goes above and beyond. Plus one, right? It's like double plus one. That's what Jesus is going to say. Seven times. Watch this. And then seven times. That's a lot. Like imagine just in a day. Have you ever been sinned against by the same person seven times in a day and forgiven them all seven times? I, have, I don't think I've ever accomplished that feat. I mean, twice, no. But once, maybe, right? So, as many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times. Peter's like, that was going to be a lot. But 77 times, or seven times 70. So, the point is, that it's not a quantitative thing, it's a qualitative thing. Or, it's not the number of times. I mean, you probably can't even think of a relationship other than a spouse where you've forgiven them 77 times. That's a lot. And even with your spouse, you're like, I'm, I'm getting there. They've sinned against me that many times, but I don't know if I've forgiven them that many times. So he's saying, it's, don't stop counting. It's not about the counting. Do we need to get a parent? Okay. Sorry. Our nursery helper showed up. So um, therefore, he says... The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. Now, kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, that phrase means where Jesus rules and reigns in places and hearts. So Jesus is saying, when I'm in charge, this is what it looks like, kind of. Now, in a parable, as you read Jesus' parables, don't try to pick apart all the details. He's got a point in the parable, generally speaking. Not, oh, every detail. Well, if the guy was wearing yellow robes in the story, that symbolizes some great theological truth. No. It's, there's a general point that he's making. He's not trying to get us to pick apart every detail. Just So in my kingdom, it's kind of like this, he's saying. It may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. The Greek there means a ton of money. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So who's the king? If you're familiar with Jesus' teachings, you should know who is the king. God, you guys are whispering it. You're not sure? It's like quiz quiz time. Yeah, so the king represents God in this story. 
And the debt that I owe God is not just the cost of my life, but it is such a debt that myself, my wife, my five kids, and all of you could not give your lives to pay for the debt that every sin against a perfect God deserves. The debt we owe our King is beyond measure for every instance of rebellion against Him. For every moment of unbelief or of accusing God of not having done enough to die on the cross for our sins. Every moment that we fear one another above and beyond how we fear God deserves the life of everyone we know. That is the debt that the servant owed. So what did the servant do? He fell on his knees. Or the Greek says maybe even he fell prostrate. Have you ever laid prostrate before anyone or before God even in your prayers where you are literally down on your face because you cannot get any lower? You can't even look up at the king. You can't fathom the weight of it. And so all you can do is say, I'm as low as I can be. I'm on the ground. I deserve nothing. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Knowing that he could never repay it all. He's he's not even asking, forgive my dad. Just have patience with me and I'll try. But our king... Is like this king, and out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. He didn't say, well, if during Lent you give up fish on Fridays, then that'll pay for your debt. He didn't say, if you fast enough times and say enough things right and go to Africa and convert enough people to Christianity, then it will be made right. He forgave him his debt. And I'm loud, so they're turning me down real quick. (laughs) An important point here is to do not... I'm going to get into that later. Sorry. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And the Greek there means a paybackable amount. And seizing him, he began to choke him. That's how there's different stories from that time. or That's how you would drag someone to prison for something they owed you. You would grab them by the throat and take them. And he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. He wasn't saying, go above and beyond, pay me extra, make up for the debt I owed my king, just pay what you owe. He didn't say it like that, but he said, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Almost exactly what he had said to his king. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Prison is a hard place to earn money to pay back the debt. So it's kind of what's getting at here. It's like he's in prison. He has no way to to continue to earn to pay back this debt. He is stuck in his debt to his friend, to his fellow servant. 
When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, you dirty scoundrel, is what he's saying here. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And Jesus says, and so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So Jesus walks us in this parable through the extent and then through the pathway of forgiveness in the kingdom of God. Look at verse 22. I mentioned it, but the extent of the forgiveness. He says, not seven times, but 77 times. And then further further on it says forgave him the debt in verse 27, his 10,000 denarii, the, the debt that he could not pay, the extent of forgiveness in the kingdom of God from God to us and what he calls us and expects us to give to one another is endless forgiveness. Endless times, endless amounts of grace. We do not count how many times we forgive someone in the kingdom of God. I just want to pause for a moment. Let just let that sink into your real relationships in life. We do not count how many times we forgive someone in the kingdom of God. In Luke 17, just two books after this one, Luke 17, Jesus says, In verses 3 and 4, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Again, I, I don't know that I've ever had seven times in a day that that happened. And that is what Jesus calls us to. Endless forgiveness of one another. I mean, most of our relationships, two or three relatively big things, and it's over, right? You know, a friend turns his back on you, does something against you, or even sometimes it's as little little things. And you're just like, "I I just don't feel like being around that person anymore. We explain it away with relatively, you know, good sounding words, right? Healthy boundaries. While those are good, that is not the same as bitterness or resentment or building walls and barriers. We let relationships cool off with one sin on one day, let alone seven sins every day. So that's the extent of the forgiveness in the kingdom of God. It's endless. And then the pathway 
of forgiveness in the kingdom of God, where it comes from and where it goes. It's from king to servant to servant. It's from God to me to you, from God to you to me. And if it's not from me to you, then it's not coming from my king to me. It's what he warns us against at the end of the parable. So the point for today is that the way to become more forgiving is to become more forgiven. The way to become more forgiving is to become more forgiven. Now, it's not, I'm not saying that God is withholding forgiveness from you. But I am saying that unless you see and believe the 10,000 debts that we owe him, we will not forgive. And if we do not forgive totally and fully from the heart, we will not be forgiven. Jesus says it. The way to become more forgiving is to become more forgiven. When I asked what people have owed you this morning, um, my wife mentioned rent. And so because of the story that she's referring to, I can, I can really identify with this parable that Jesus tells. And several of you have heard this before, but I have a close friend that gave us about $10,000, so... Very close to this story, right? Uh, he gave us $10,000 or so in order to keep paying the debt that we owed to SunTrust Mortgage for an upside-down house in Florida. Figuratively, upside-down. We owed more than it's worth. And the, and the guy that we had sought to rent the house out to, the guy that was living in the house for about a full year, did not pay his debt to us. Did not pay his rent. He would occasionally ask for some mercy, and we would grant it. And I, and I sought to, to even share with him, look, you don't have to pay back the last six months. Please tell the truth from here on out. And we would do that several times, again and again. But in the end, when it was just no longer possible for us to even keep the house with no one paying rent... We had to ask him to move out if he wasn't going to pay rent. He turned. There was no mercy in response. There was no leeway given for understanding where we were coming from. And in fact, he, he took off, he stole things, he said some hateful things, he emailed some hateful things, and he disappeared. And it broke our hearts. This was someone that we had, before we left there, Florida had been pouring into with our lives, with our time, and with the gospel. We had given and forgiven him so much in our eyes, that, but he wouldn't even hear us out when it came time to ask him to pay rent or move on. Because he did not and he would not receive the mercy he was being shown. But instead, he kept demanding it as though he was owed something. He did not see his debt and see it as forgiven. So he would not forgive. I'm not saying as this is a way to, to throw him under the bus. It's just a story that illustrates. 
I've done this again and again, week in and week out. In little ways and in big ways. And the, so the way to become more forgiving is to become more forgiven. And you become more forgiven by seeing, accepting, and living as though what is true is true. Which is that you had a debt. Or if your faith is not yet in Christ, you have a debt that all the lives of all your loved ones cannot pay for, cannot atone for. And when you live as someone who has that kind of debt and live as someone as the, who has that kind of debt that's been erased, you become a more forgiving person. And when you accept the real and tangible forgiveness that Jesus had to pay for with his perfectly holy life, Not you just accept a feeling of forgiveness without trusting Jesus. But you accept the forgiveness that's found in Jesus Christ alone. You will become more forgiven. You will experience the forgiveness that God is reaching out to you, that he's extending you. The way I often think of forgiveness is to think of forgiveness as absorption. Absorbing a debt. So it's not about ignoring a debt, but a, absorbing a debt. Forgiveness is a complete absorption or taking on yourself the debt that is owed you, or taking on and putting it somewhere, absorbing it somewhere. So forgiveness. Because of that, if, if, if as you seek to forgive, it's not causing like a pit in your stomach and like you're almost ripping out your hair sometimes. And it's, if it's not difficult and painful and costly, I would wonder whether we're really extending forgiveness. Because there is a real debt between us, between each other when we sin against each other, when we misstep, when we fail one another. There is a real debt that is costly that needs to be absorbed. And if you look back at the passage here in Matthew 18, we see that the king forgave him all that debt. It doesn't say he found some other source of income. It doesn't say, you know, he let the guy pay what he could. He ha- that didn't that had to come out of his budget somewhere. 10,000 denarii. A ton of money had to be taken out of some other place in his budget or his bank account or his vault or wherever kings keep money in this story. And the servant did not absorb the 100 denarii that was owed him. You know, if I gave you $100 and you said you are going to pay it tomorrow and you didn't, I'm still out $100. And if I forgave you that debt, I'm absorbing... That hundred dollar cost, right? See, I often misstep in my relationships with others in the day to day by not by avoiding recognition of that actual debt that sometimes is even owed me both ways. I think that my problem as I dig deep into my heart is often to not acknowledge as they are the sins and offenses even that are owed me. The debt or the sin or the transgression that others commit against me. Sometimes I just want to act like it didn't happen and think that's forgiveness. Instead of recognizing, like, no, what's going on in my heart? The reason that I'm not responding in love is because 
I'm responding to that debt without acknowledging it. Instead of absorbing it, instead of naming it and saying, look, no, this really was bad and it hurt. And so I've got to decide what to do with it. Do I absorb it or do I put it back on the person or do I demand payment for it? To act like sin does not hurt is to deny true forgiveness. God didn't just ignore our debt. He sent His one and only Son to die on a cross for it. God didn't sweep our sins under the rug. Jesus had to die for our debt. So the answer is not to be more oblivious to the debt that's owed us. That's not mercy. That's blindness. Mercy sees the debt more clearly than anyone and decides to absorb it. God sees how many of the sins that you commit? 100%. All 10,000 denarii. He doesn't miscount. He sees every sin that you commit and He decided to pay the cost, to absorb the cost into Himself. And that's how he calls us to forgive, is like him, like Jesus. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. In a costly way, God forgave us. Colossians 3.13 says, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. You want to be like God? Forgive. You want to be mature? Forgive. You want to find someone to follow in the way of following Jesus? Find a forgiving person and learn their ways. Imitate their faith. Because we all struggle to forgive. We need this help. And the only true and lasting solution is to see God's forgiveness... Accept God's forgiveness and to forgive then from the heart. Because as you accept God's forgiveness as it is, as you see it, as you celebrate it, as you rejoice in it, as you worship Him for it, as you look at Jesus 100 times more than you look at that other person's sin against you, your heart will be transformed into and obsessed with God's forgiveness of your massive debt heart. And when your heart is obsessed with God's forgiveness of your debt, you will not be able to help but go and find ways to forgive others of their debt. The only true and lasting solution is to forgive from a forgiven heart. The way to become more forgiving is to become more forgiven. So if you don't have a heart that has been forgiven, that has been changed by God's love, you won't be able to truly absorb someone else's debt against you. If you don't have a heart that has been forgiven, that is being changed by God's love, you won't be able to truly absorb someone else's debt against you. Not for long, not too deeply, not 77 times, not 490 times, whatever the math is. You may find ways to cope 
apart from that. You may find ways to explain away someone's debt for you. Well, they had a hard life, so therefore, no, that debt still needs to be owed, needs to be accounted for, needs to be absorbed somewhere. But you won't be able to offer endless mercy Kingdom of God, remember that the mercy in the kingdom of God is how deep? It's endless. You won't be able to offer endless mercy apart from the forgiveness in Christ. You need more absorbing power, right? You do not have enough absorption in yourself. Of course, the line is, Jesus is your sham wow, right? Sorry, it's, all, it's in all your heads, so I'm just going to put it out there and we're going to move on. Only Jesus' life was perfect enough to absorb the debt you owe God. Only Jesus' life was perfect enough to absorb that much debt. Only Jesus' debt, death, pays for the debt that I owe my King. Only Jesus's. So when you remember what you've been forgiven of and who has accomplished your forgiveness, then you're able to forgive others. Think about the the debts that other people have forgiven you. How much more Jesus has ultimately absorbed all those debts that you owe others and that you owe him. And it's even more than just a mental, you know, remembrance game. How many of you find yourselves being forgetful? Right? A few of us. It's not enough to just say, well, if, I'm, if I remember better, then I can forgive. If I can work up the strength to do this, because my strength will never be enough. It's just not my ability to forgive. Yes, God has given us His Word to remind us. And we need one another to remind one another of the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus. But even more, when your heart is transformed by the Holy Spirit. When your heart is reminded by the Holy Spirit, you're able to forgive. As you walk in the spirit, in the power, and the strength of the God of the universe who raised Jesus from the dead, then you can forgive. It's not in your strength. You don't need to work it up in yourself. You can depend on the spirit to remind you, to show you, to paint a clearer picture of the forgiveness of the debt you owe. I think we all want to become more forgiving people, more godly, more gracious, and more merciful. That's what we're being invited into today. See, we're in this together as a family and as friends, as brothers and sisters. God is inviting us, New City and friends, into this practice, into practicing this parable today and every day. He is undoing our tendencies to be like the unforgiving servant. When we remember how much debt He's absorbed, and as we depend on His absorbing power to absorb one another's debts, He is undoing our tendencies to be like the unforgiving servant. By His power and by His love, He is doing this. So let's imagine what this would look like if it became a reality in our lives. 
Imagine if the next time you got that annoying text, that one that needed tone of voice, and the person knew better than to send, the one that never should have been sent in the first place, the thought behind the text never should have been thought, that text, remember how many annoying texts God has forgiven you for. The ones that maybe you didn't send them, but you sure thought them. In fact, what you thought was, I hate you, I hope you die. And you texted, have a good day, fine then. (laughs) Right? Imagine if you remembered the debt, the text debt that God absorbs for you. Imagine if the next time someone showed up late for that meeting that you'd had planned for 17 months, you remembered and worshipped God for giving for forgiving all of your lateness, all of your selfishness, all of your times that you thought tying your shoes just right was more important than honoring the person you were going to meet with. Whatever it is, remember the debt that God absorbs and we'll be able to show one another grace. The way to become more forgiving is to become more forgiven. So let's actually have a little dialogue here. What would change in your own household... If you really lived each day as a forgiven person, as a my debt's been paid already person, what would change in your household? Tim? It's not really a change. Or, yeah, what is happening? Either way. Yeah. Still kind of hold it against them. Yeah. And like you said, that's not, I guess a lot of, I think a lot of people hold that. Yeah. We don't rip up the bill and say it's forgiven. We say, yeah, I forgive you that $100 and stick the bill in our back pocket. Right? Yeah. Extending grace, extending love, not acting like nothing happened is important. And then also, since I'm a substitute teacher, sometimes I have to set that boundary with our notice child and, and yet bring it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, make sure I'm, I'm discussing the issues so that it's mm-hmm. not overlooked. Mm-hmm. But I think you do have to kind of forget about it. How can you forget that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's lots of relationship there. I mean, God, the king in the story, he does call his servant before him, right? Yeah. And he does talk about the debt, and he does acknowledge the debt. And there is a cost. 
to the dead. And, and it's in relationship that we work these things out. And yeah, we don't... Overlooking, technically, is a biblical concept that is an act of forgiveness. So just that word alone uh, can be complicated. It's not the same as ignoring. I'll just leave you at that. Go get a concordance and, and you can study it. Sylvia, what would it look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw someone, was that Shane or there you go, right in front of Shane, sorry. <laughs> yeah. When he forgave, he totally forgave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's great. James? Yeah, it is hard. It's a struggle. But, but in light of the debt, again, that, that we owe our king, every one of us, again and again and again and again and again, has committed treason against the perfect king of the universe. We've committed murder. We've committed adultery. We've committed the most heinous of sins in our hearts. And when we believe and our heart is transformed to, to grasp by the Holy Spirit, transformed to grasp that from the inside out, forgiving from the heart, Jesus says. I committed treason against my king. I, I murdered you yesterday, so can I put up with the fact that you just dropped some orange juice on me? I think so. Can I put up with that you, you know, showed up late or you, that you did just lie to me about something and I found it out? Yes, I can forgive. I can absorb that because behind that is, is perfect and ultimate and eternal absorption of sins in Christ. scars there are sins that have been committed against us that are things that maybe we're even too ashamed to admit to anyone and they've only been sinned against us they're not even things that you've committed yourself and even those sins one pale in comparison to the debt that Jesus has absorbed and that is offensive to your ears I know that it is genuinely offensive if you've been sinned against in heinous ways to hear that the debt that you owe God is greater than that. Yeah. 
But that's what Christ is telling us. And, and it's on the other side of receiving that love and that grace. Because what that means is His grace is also that much larger. His grace and His love and His compassion toward you is, is more than if, if your abuser or your person who has turned their back on you or whatever that memory is of that person who has committed the greatest sins against you. If you were to show them perfect love as, as you could, as, as much as you could, the most healthy and loving way that you could reach out to that person, God has gone way above and beyond even that extension of love and grace to you. And there's so much freedom and healing on the other side of believing that, in believing that, in walking in that day by day by day. I'm actually going to stop there. Um, Obviously, our living this out and our ministering to one another doesn't start and stop with a gathering or a conversation. And uh, obviously, this topic is much larger than a few minutes on a Sunday. And that's why God has given us the church as a royal priesthood. That's why he's given us his word, and that's why he's given us his Holy Spirit, is to work these things out, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, to remind one another of these truths day in and day out. So, uh, But what we're going to do even this morning is give you an opportunity um, to, to be ministered to, to be prayed for, to, to ask for some help. Um, I've asked a couple of our uh, leaders to, they're going to come up front here and um, Shane and Heidi, if you guys are still up for that. Um, and if you just, you need some prayer, you need some help, uh, you need some encouragement, you need the gospel spoken to you, uh, then, then you can come up and they will pray with you, they will speak with you, and minister to you. So let's bow our heads as we conclude this morning and encourage you to take, take a little time right now to, to quiet yourself. To begin to let go of all the yeah buts and the what ifs. And to not leave this gathering without making a decision that can radically change your life and the quality even of your friendships. If you need to ask someone forgiveness, is there someone that you need to go to even today to seek out this forgiveness? And you can go and seek that out because ultimately that that sin that you've committed was against God and He extends forgiveness in Christ to you. Is there someone who you've wronged and you haven't owned up to it? You haven't confessed it. You haven't admitted it. You haven't received their correction even. Are you ready to make the decision to go, go to that person? Ask God right now for the strength for the help and the encouragement to to seek out that person's forgiveness, to make things right. If you need to extend forgiveness to someone else, have you been nursing a grudge? 
And there's someone that even maybe right now you need to go to and extend forgiveness to. Are you giving someone the silent treatment? And now you're ready to forgive them their debt. If you need to admit your sins to God and receive his forgiveness right now, if you haven't done that, right now is the time to do that. The cost of our sins is more than we can pay. And the gift of our God is more than we can imagine. He's offering a relationship with himself that one day will be perfected in a perfect place. Are you ready to receive the gift of God's forgiveness this morning? And if you are, I'd encourage you during this time to come forward also and and, uh, share that with, with Heidi or with Shane. Father, it is... This subject of forgiveness is so, it seems so weighty to talk about, and yet it's so uplifting to receive. So help us right now in our unbelief to be forgiven, to live as people whose debt has been paid. Continue to show us how sinful we really are while showing us how perfect you are so that we can see how much debt Jesus has paid. God, whatever even demonic voices that anyone might be hearing, any accusations that are from Satan right now, protect them from, in the name of Jesus, protect us, your people, and and, and let us hear your tender and compassionate voice right now. Soften our hearts to live as forgiven people. We pray this in the name of, of the powerful one, Jesus. Jesus.